Welcome to Officially Unofficial, the podcast by the washed-up athlete for the washed-up athlete. I'm your host, the former face of junior college baseball, the fall American Johnny Junta. Okay, on this episode, we are here with the founding father of this podcast. I've said it time and time again. If it wasn't for this guy or Nolan, this podcast would be nothing. I'd be interviewing slow-pitch softball players. He is the international man of mystery as he just signed a deal to play in South Korea. It is my pleasure to welcome back Nick Kingham to the Officially Unofficial Podcast. How about that for an intro? Hey, man, that was pretty good. Uh, (laughs) I don't know if uh, I'll ever get introduced that well. Uh, ever again. So I appreciate it, man. My pleasure coming back. Uh, I was the first one on, and this one won't be the last. So this is <laughs> second of, I'll probably just do like 15 of these. I don't know. It's all right. We might have to, have to you might have to, you might as well have to fucking become a co host sooner or later if we keep doing this shit. Gonna have to have, keep, have you keep firing this shit on. So we gotta hey, talk man, about something. The way the way it's been going on, dude, this thing's blowing up. So uh, it'll be around a while. I'll hop on. <laughs> I'll co host. I'll call <laughs> I appreciate that, man. And what you said earlier was it wasn't correct, okay? You are the ace of this South Korea team. I saw the tweet. We just signed the ace, Nick Kingham. I saw it. I can't read Korean. I had to use the translate thing. But you are the ace. So talk about that. What was that decision like to kind of say pretty much fuck you to Major League? Not fuck you to Major League Baseball, but kind of walk away from that and, I mean, pursue a career in South Korea, man? Dude, uh, so it's been a long time coming. I've, I've uh, last couple of years, maybe – four years ago i heard about it played with some guys that had the opportunity to go over there and play and then i was like oh dude if i ever get that chance for sure i'm going like that'd be the coolest experience whatever uh major league baseball is obviously the goal uh and, and i and i accomplished that goal by getting there luckily i mean obviously i didn't stick around long enough as, as long as i'd like but i mean it's not over the the road isn't closed there so this is just another opportunity, another avenue to, to pursue my career and to keep playing. And I think it's a hell of experience to go over there and, and play in a completely different culture and play in front of completely different fans. I mean, the, the atmosphere there is like soccer, you know, and, and during the World Cup. Like, it, it's just nonstop hearty yelling and just passion pouring through and through. So I think it would be awesome to be stupid to not get a, to go over there if, if I had the opportunity. And I did, so I took it. No, and I mean, the thing about that is, it's just, you got to weigh out your options, right? Either I'm going to go battle from AAA to Major League, keep going back and forth, having to keep packing my shit and moving, getting paid what's, like, very, very low, or should I go to South Korea, pitch in front of an electric atmosphere where I'm going to, I know I'm going to stay there, and I mean, that just makes way more sense, just thinking thinking on a logical reasoning. Definitely, dude. I mean, like, I, like you said, it would have been... The up and down, even if you're doing well, roster spots need to be made. You're expended. Um, you're, you're spent for five days if you pitch multiple innings. So they need a guy to come up here and back up. You go down, bring somebody else up. That's just the nature of the beast. Uh, sometimes it's out of your control. This way, I'm going over there. I, I know my role. I know I'm pitching every five days. Uh, I know I'm going to stick around. Um, they do have a minor league system over there, but I believe it's, it's not as – Use, they don't use it as much as the major leagues. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, dude, some consistency, some solidity over there, in which I, I felt real uh, good about just in that in my, using that in my decision. Yeah, and I wanted to talk about something before the South Korea stuff. I mean, something big happened to you before this po- Actually, in the middle of these two episodes, you got married. And just for the credibility, yes, I and for the credibility I'll pretend that I was there. Um, but just pr- just to pretend that I was there, uh, that I wasn't there. Talk about the wedding, man. How did that go? How was that? So the wedding, 
With there her right is. there. I don't know if there you can see is. wherever she's no, at. I can see her. I can see her. She's Wait. dialed in on the phone. Probably following yeah, there the official. You go. official. She's in the background. Yeah, uh, dude, the wedding was incredible, man. Um, the fact that it was in the Dominican, on the beach, and like in a in a another country, uh, it just it blew my mind. It, the, the the turnout that it was awesome. People had a great time. It was fun. Uh, it was relaxed. You know, it wasn't like like high stress at all. I told everybody just wear whatever you want. I people in and flip flops at the wedding. Uh, somebody was laying on a lawn chair, checking it out. Some guy walking <laughs> behind me in a speedo. It was just all loose. Like it doesn't even matter. Come as you are, man. It was it was all good. I just wanted people to have a good time and just remember this trip for for more than just a wedding, but just a, a little vacation and just a celebration of, of us. Yeah, and I, I talked to it about Brennan, and let me say on the record, I don't even know if Brennan was sober for a second on this trip, just based on the stories <laughs> he told me. Can we just talk a little bit of a back background on Brennan, how how mangled he was for the trip, just a little credibility for him. Uh, he was, he was pretty hot all, all week. Uh, but I mean, it was good. Like, and that's what I wanted. You know, I wanted people just to be as you are. They don't put on a front for anything. Just if you want to get lit every night, do it. I don't care. I'll, I'll join you some nights. Yeah, it was fun. He, he was a good, he was a good time. He, he got after it. He didn't hold anything back. That's for sure. Uh, but no, I think he enjoyed it and he would, I wouldn't have wanted it any other way. And I don't think he would have either. So it was all good. Yeah, and I'm going to make a promise to you just based on it because I missed the first wedding. I will be there at the 25th wedding anniversary of the Kinghams. I promise you that. I'll probably, if I'm alive then, if my liver's still holding up by that time, I'll be there for that. And I'm going to, that's my promise to you, Nick. That's just a friend, friend to friend. I appreciate that, man. It's funny you say it because we did mention something about like a 20th anniversary or whatever, just doing it all again and uh, running it back. Everybody who was invited uh, the first go around, everybody's about to get, even running if we're not friends anymore. And then plus running. some friends, so. Everybody's invited to the next one. This is a wedding question that I, I honestly have no idea about. Are you allowed to drink at your wedding or be, like, drunk? Is that a thing? At? Like, yeah. I mean, I was. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you were drunk at the ceremony. Like, are you allowed to be drunk, like, at the ceremony? That's what I'm asking. If you're allowed – are you allowed to be drunk? I mean, you're allowed to do anything. Uh, are you is – it, is it a good look? Probably not. Was it a good look for me to be drunk? Probably not, but I was. <laughs> was my wife happy? No. Probably oh, not. no. Alrighty. We're already starting off on the wrong note. It's all good, though. I mean, I, just based on the fact that, like I said, I missed the wedding, I'm going to be in Vegas next week. I will take you, Logan, maybe Brennan. We'll see if I can afford it. We're going to go up for sushi. Actually, I forgot Nolan. So, Nolan, you're also invited to that, too. I mean, I don't, it'll, it'll hurt the wall a little bit, but I'll bring it. Maybe I'll only pay for the drinks. I don't know. We'll figure it out based <laughs> on that. I don't know what I'm going to pay for. But I, that's my wedding gift to you because obviously I didn't buy a gift. So that, that's the wedding gift I wanted to mention for you. I appreciate that, man. Well, I look forward to it. And, uh, okay, let's go, back to, uh, let's go back to the South Korea stuff. Just to help you out, just friend to friend, I made up a list of fun facts I found out about South Korea that many people don't know. I just wanted to help you out here. So you, you're ready for these. Bring it, baby. Yeah. In Korea, babies are considered one year old at birth. Fun I knew fact. that. I just found that out. Yeah. Fuck sakes. All right, cool. Yeah. Never mind then. In South Korea, it is legal to drink alcohol in public. You can carry your open beverage wherever you want and get booze with the locals. Did you know that? Uh, I found that out when I was there, yes. Uh, and that's the same as it is here. I mean, basically on the strip. You can walk around with alcohol. Only on the strip, though. Don't just walk around neighborhoods and stuff. <laughs> You'll get arrested for that. 
if I did that, let me put on the record. If I did that in Canada, I'd get jumped by a SWAT team. That is how strict they are on alcohol on the street in Canada. I almost got a ticket for public drinking. Sorry, Maria, if you're listening to this. I Yes, I almost did, but I didn't. I'm the finesse kid. So this is my oh, last no. one. I didn't know ba- that. Baseball in South Korea is referred to as Yagu, and teams are named after corporations. Is that – did you already know that? I did not know the uh, Yagu part, but yes, corporations uh, own all the teams over there, like Samsung, LG, uh, Lotte is a big like candy company. They do everything. Kia, the car deal owner, um, they own all the teams over there. There's ten of them, and so all major corporations own the baseball teams. Okay, and I also studied a little bit. I text you this. I studied the Korean language, and I learned how to say "Let's go, Nick" in South Korean. Okay. I've been training. I've been practicing this my whole life. Ni kaza. I don't know if that's right. I don't know if that's right. South Koreans, if you're listening to this, let me know if it's right. Does that sound sure, right? Sure, man. I, I don't know that. I don't know if it is. Uh, it sounds cool. I don't know. It sounds it sounds like it works. <laughs> Nik so what did, kaza. What did you learn? You told me you learned a couple words down there. What's the big words you learned? Oh, I learned hello. Annyeonghaseyo. Uh, wow. I learned um, thank you. Kamsamida. What else did I learned? Nice to meet you. Bangabsamida. Um, oh, what are, what else I learned? I love you. I love you is said on said Uh, baby is Ju- Chung Chungjin. Cha Ji Yu. Cha Ji Yu. She knows what I do. She's dialed in. She's dialed in. She, I mean, she's been she, looking up yeah all the all the endearment stuff like all the cute stuff. She might. <laughs> oh beer. I know. I know beers. Uh, McJu. Wine I, is Potoju. <laughs> I can get you fucked up, so yeah, that'll be cool. <laughs> this language is goddamn incredible. I might have to drop <laughs> everything I'm doing and learn this shit. I love this. I mean, I love yeah. that. And the fact that you're there, man, I mean, it just came out of nowhere for me because Brennan just told me, he's like, look at Nick's Instagram story. I looked at it, next thing I know, Nick Kingham's in fucking South Korea. I mean, was that just so, like, out of the blue for you too, or was it, like, did, like a couple weeks in advance they reached out to you about it? Uh, so I've been kind of – talking to teams over there since the end of the season um nothing really came about it there was no headway there was no steam going kind of went dead and then a team reached out and said hey we we want to sign you like today we want to get this thing done we're we're done like negotiating with all the other guys we're, we're over it we want to start and sign you um and so i was like okay cool let's and we agreed verbally to terms uh pending a physical <clears throat> and then that was like on december no, I don't know. November 30th, let's say. And then I was on a plane December 5th. Really? So it was about right around a week later. They were on a plane. Yeah, I flew out physical um, to do all the testing and make sure I was healthy and then sign the actual paperwork. And I'm, I'm a SK Wyvern. That's what okay. they are. I, I was actually just about to ask you how to pronounce that team name because I don't want to butcher it and offend anyone. Um, I'm pro-South Korea. Just to put down the record, I'm pro-South Korea. I'm a big South Korea guy. I'm a big Nick Kingham guy. And I just want to talk about this because I asked you this the first time uh, we actually did this interview when you stepped off the plane in Toronto. I wanted to ask that about the Korea. Just It's crazy how things come around. So when you stepped off the plane and you were in Korea, what was the yeah. first impression you got? The, the First of all, the airport there is incredible. It looks like the fanciest, nicest mall I've ever been to. Uh, it's brand new. Everything's automatic. Big, big automatic doors, big shopping centers and stuff. So I stepped off the plane there, and that's what I uh, saw. It was cold as shit. <laughs> 17 degrees, probably like your neck of the woods right now. Yeah. Uh, really, really cold. Uh, it did snowed a little bit, but not bad. But uh, got outside. We landed at night, so it was kind of hard to see. 
uh, as actually as the sun was coming up. So the sun was rising right above the city, I guess, of Incheon, which is the city that I'll be playing in just outside of Seoul. In a little town called Songdo. Uh, it's like a little community in, in Incheon. Uh, so the sun was coming up, dude. I'm in the tallest building uh, in there, too, in the city. Uh, so I, they're like, hey, look at that big building over there, the big pointy one. He's like, that's where you're going to be staying. So I was like, cool, man. And the sun was coming up right behind it. So it was kind of like magical. Like, this is dope. Like, this is the first uh, experience, first kind of encounter of the city. And, and I'm seeing that. So it was, it was really cool. Like, I always wonder this about there. Are you like, are you like a massive fucking A-list celebrity there? Like, when you're walking around, are people, like, I'm just assuming this, are people going to recognize you, for instance, as, like, a pitcher for their favorite fucking team, or is it just a little bit more low-key? I don't know, man. I mean, there's, so there's a bunch of tours that, that, that obviously visit there. So there's, they have a bunch of different nationalities coming through, but a big, tall, white dude um, <laughs> kind of stands out. So they 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 might not know what I do, but they might know that I'm not from there. <laughs> They'll definitely know that I'm not a local. <laughs> I actually, like I said, I'm a big research guy. I did research and I actually found you a future friend on the team. Um, his name's Jamie Romack. He's Canadian, so shout out to our country. He actually coaches an organization that is in the league that I coach in. I don't know really? him on a personal level because he's very intimidating. He's a scary guy. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, Jamie. If you're listening to this, I apologize. But I'm just going to say I found you an English-speaking friend that you can kind of converse with there, and he's a legend there. He hit 97 bombs in his career so far. So Yeah, dude, he just signed back on to, to come back for his fifth year, I believe. Uh, they, they were telling me he's awesome, dude. Uh, he lived in the same building I did last year. Uh, they already gave me his phone number, so I just said hello to him, reached out. He said, hey, anything, I, I can, anything he can do to help, he's more than willing. So, yeah, I've already kind of exchanged words with him. But other than that, I've I look forward to beating him. Yeah, I heard he's a really cool dude, really nice guy. So what's the he likes a soju too? I heard soju is uh is there like sake almost, and he okay. loves that. So um, I I just tried that and it's pretty good. So you're a big food guy. I, you, like you just said, you've tried a couple of the food places down there. What are yeah. you excited to I'm, try there or just learn their culture? Like what things are you expecting from from uh, their culture down there? Uh, I don't know if I'm excited. To, I mean. Nothing new. I've tried just about anything. Um, even sea urchin. I've tried that, and it's I'm not a big fan. Uh, <laughs> but, dude, they eat, they eat sushi all the time, and that's my favorite thing. So we went there and had sushi twice. We had uh, Korean barbecue twice where they cook in front of you, or where you cook in front of yourself and, and cook your own meat right there. So it's just it's just different culture, different style of, of cuisines there, man. There a lot of raw food, a lot of fresh uh, fish, a lot of, of rice. A lot of noodles, which is incredible. Dude, I love ramen. Uh, the soup, they have soup in every meal. They have, we had soup for breakfast at the hotel. Soup for lunch, soup for dinner, dude. It, it's incredible, man. It's just something like you, you completely different than I've ever experienced. Been raised and stuff. And, and I love soup, so I'm, I'm down with it, man. Yeah. <laughs> the soup, man. I love that. I love that. And Brennan told me, actually, that you absolutely demolished sushi at dinner. He told me it was something along the lines of, like, 42 rolls. Am I wrong on that? Or four, is it rolls? Like little pieces? 42 pieces. He told me you can have 42 pieces of sushi. Is this true? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't do it all the time, but yeah, easily. I can throw down a lot. So a buddy of mine, Ryan Hafner, I used to play with, we would go to sushi. This is before they had all you can eat. We would go to sushi, and we were dropping like 150, 200 bucks a piece because we're, we're getting the specialty rolls, you know, like $15 rolls. But I mean, if you're dropping 150 bucks, that's, you're getting seven rolls. If yeah. they come with seven pieces or six pieces, 
to eight pieces, whatever it is. 42. That's 42 to 56. I'm not very good at math, but that's what it is, roughly. Uh, so, yeah, dude, we, we throw down sushi, man. It got expensive. That's why when All You Can Eat came around, I was like, I'm going to get my money back now. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to fucking get right back at those companies for fucking you over. So what is, the <laughs> what is the sushi like there, like in South Korea? Like, is, is it a little bit different than Las Vegas or even the United States? Uh, it so it's, it's heavy on the, like, raw. Like, the, they have a lot of rolls and, like, and stuff, but nothing's really fried there unless you ask for it fried. Nothing's really saucy like we have here. We all shrimp and pora fried and a bunch of sauce and eel sauce and spicy mayo. That's You can ask for it there, but that's not the normal there. This is like – I like nigiri, which is just a bit, a better rice with a raw piece of fish right on top. Uh, sashimi is really good over there too, but that's just, that's just uh, straight meat, straight fish and stuff. It, it's good. It's just – I like a little bit of texture of the rice uh, – a little bit of the saltiness. Like sometimes the, the rice is sweet sometimes too. So it depends on what the chef does, how they make it. And that's a big thing too. Each chef makes their rice different. I didn't know that. So that's a cool thing. So yeah, go ahead. This is slowly turning into a fucking South Korea podcast and I love it. I'm dialed in on South Korea now. Ever since I heard the Nikaza, I'm fucking dialed in. I might even make the description of this podcast in just Korean. I'm going to have the English one and then the Korean one just so that you just so your new fans are like, holy shit, let me listen to this. And I have no idea what these people what the, what this uh, you know, it'd be, saying. It would be funny, dude, if you just converted, like the whole, translated the whole thing to Korean. So we'd be talking like this and you'd go, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was really good. <laughs> just did the subtitles, the Korean subtitles in the YouTube or, video. That has to get done. I mean, I'm not crushing tiger, hidden, hidden dragon. Just <laughs> oh, get over here. <laughs> That has to get done, man. That would be so goddamn funny. I love that. So when you stepped, when you stepped off the airplane in Korea, did, was it like I want to get the tourist attraction first, or I want to see the fucking baseball field first? Because you've seen it all, man. You've been through the minors. You've seen major league fields. What was the first like thing you wanted to do when you were down there? See the ball field. Um, that was one of my biggest, like, or most important things for me, for sure, to see the ball field. Um, we got and we saw it the first day. I landed at six a.m. We went, got picked up at whatever at the hotel at one and went straight to the field. So that was kind of one of the things that uh, was important to me to see where I'm going to be in the next six months, you know, for every day for the next six months. Uh, but other than that, but I definitely wanted to experience the culture. I wanted to see, you know, what a gas station looked like. I mean, we went to like some uh, convenience store and uh, we went to a bagel shop and, and like a local bagel shop. Just, I like to get around. I like to bop around and try new things, man. Just explore as much as I can, just take in as much as I can, even in like, during the season, when we're on the road, I get up early, walk to coffee shops, walk to different places. I like to explore, just take in anything I can, because you never know when you're going to be back, and you might not ever get the opportunity again. No, exactly, and that's the biggest thing about you, which is what I appreciate so much, is you just take it as it goes day by day. I mean, I'll say this on the record. If the Blue Jays are listening to this, you're fucking dead to me. What you did to my friend, Nick Kingham, is something I will never forget. Forget. If I ever turn into the godfather, kneecaps, gonzo, Toronto Blue Jays. What, what just happened there? And, Nick, I know you're not going to say it because you're a class act, one-of-a-kind guy, kind of uh, the kind of guy I want my daughter to date. But I will say it, put it on the record, the Toronto Blue Jays are dead to me. If you ever think about hiring me, it's no for me immediately right off the bat. That's what I wanted to say, <laughs> Nick, <laughs> just, just, just to put that on the record. You know what? Don't, don't do all that for me. You've got to look out <laughs> for yourself first and foremost. But I do appreciate it. <laughs> But yeah, let's get back to Korea. So what's the baseball field like, man? Because I looked at a picture of it, and it looks like a goddamn soccer field or concert venue. It's unreal. So it's, it's cool, man. So it's half turf around the apron. Um, 
grass on the infield and outfield. They have the biggest screen, a biggest LED screen in all of Asia. I don't know how big it is, but it's it's the biggest, so you Massive. do math. Uh, they have, uh, what do you call it, a, a cheermaster? That's like a, a head, uh, I don't know, like promotions guy cheering on the crowd and everything. We just watched a video today my dad sent me about the Lotte Giants. The head guy is just on top of the dugout the whole time, just yelling with a microphone and just getting the crowd pumped up. And he said his main thing is that he wants the players to be able to hear the crowd. So he's like, yeah, I'm not doing my job if the players aren't pumped up from the crowd. Uh, so that's that's cool, man. It's going to be a freaking nonstop party the whole time. And so they sell. They, I don't know if they sell out, but they they get. They said fifteen to twenty thousand every night too, which is more than what I'm used to. Which is yeah, more than the the Rogers Center. So yeah, whatever. You're lost, Blue Jays. Like I said, but. Are you excited? Like, because obviously you're the kind of guy that when when you have a little bit of adrenaline in your body, you fucking pitch. Obviously, like you dice. So just to pitch in that kind of environment, how excited are you to just step out of that bullpen for the first time and just look around and see the fucking electric atmosphere and just throw that first pitch on the mound, man? Yeah, dude, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be nuts uh, coming out and having the fans cheer like you and they're cheering immediately too. It's not they're not reactionary. They're not oh he did something cool. Let's cheer. They're cheering from the get-go before you even throw your first pitch, man. So they're always wanting you to do well and, and always rooting for you, which I'm super excited for. No, exactly. And the biggest thing that I wanted to mention is even if fans are heckling you or roasting you, you don't even speak the language. So fuck it. They, you, you could just, in your head, in your head, just think they're, they're cheering you on if they're fucking heckling you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it could be freaking cussing me out and everything. I'm like, what, what? Thanks, man. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I love about it, man. It, like, what I noticed there also when I looked at the field is, is there netting around everything? I don't know. I didn't notice that. Okay, well, I was I didn't even notice. You know, I, I was, think they might. I think they do, because I think that's what Major League Baseball adopted on. But then again, I have a Juco brain. I could be 100% wrong. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask about, like, the autographs. Like, is that is autographs there as big as it is here? I always wondered let me, that. Let me look it up. Uh, I know autographs are huge. I, should, I had some dude waiting for me at the airport uh, when I got off the plane asking for <laughs> pictures and autographs. He gave me a little gift, too. I, uh, oh, it's upstairs. It's uh, like a little uh, SK Wyvern doll with a little bat and everything, too. That's and elected. he gave uh, Logan a scarf, a, a Wyvern scarf, dude. So they're, they're super in. They want to meet with their fans. They want to get uh, have relationships with them like just – just understand and be a part of their family, man, because that's what it is. Dude, baseball there is, is more than just a game in the sport. It's it's their family. It's their culture. What's also the sick thing about, like, baseball down there, like I said, I kind of did research on it. Everyone fucking bat flips. It's Bat flipping there is unreal. It has to happen. It has to happen. I mean, I want to see you get an at-bat. Show a little fucking bat flip if you even get a single. Just to pimp it a little bit. So, I, again, on that video I just watched my dad showed me, man, and they said it, it's just part of the game. It's like – it's not like, hey, rubbing it in your face or anything. It's just they bat flip. I guess a little bit, one of the guys said, they bat flip to show the crowd, hey, look at what I just did. Like, <laughs> I just did that, like so I'm going to do that. <laughs> so, it's part of it, though. No, it is for sure. And, like, the biggest thing, what I feel like people don't understand here, like, when they're watching those games, they're not doing it to, like, like you said, show the pitcher up or, like, say, fuck you, like Jose Bautista did. They're just doing it, like, to say, yeah, I just did that shit. Like, it's a, it's just, like, it's just a part of the game. That's the coolest thing. And that's why I, I'm a big fan of – is it the KBO? I don't even know the name of it. The KBO? KBO, yeah. I'm a big fan of the KBO now. I might have to order a fucking hat. What are, what's the team called again? The uh, Wyverns. SK Wyverns. Wyverns. Okay. SK, I think to, of SK as South Korea. SK Wyverns. Okay. No, like I said, like you're going to be hearing a lot of people say Nikaza, as I just said. I said that in a little bit different voice to see if it was right. But 
have you, I honestly wish you would have signed a little bit more in the season so you could have seen the atmosphere and just fucking been like, I'm not leaving. Like, I'm not fucking leaving. Like, the Wolf of Wall Street shit. Because I feel like that would have been unreal if you just saw that shit and then you immediately hop on the fucking field the day after. Dude, that would have been nuts. But, yeah, dude, every, everybody goes over there. They say if you get the opportunity, you have to go. Like, you're ridiculous if you don't go. It's, it's an incredible experience. I've never met one person that didn't like playing over there. I mean, whatever it is, they may not have had the best results or, or whatever, but they said playing over there is incredible, dude. No regrets whatsoever. Um, just go for it. You have to. You have to do it. And like I said, I I might look into this, but you might be the only baseball player to ever play in the U.S., Canada, and South Korea for all th- for three different professional baseball teams. I don't know. I'm just going to pretend that you're the only one. Am I wrong though? Am I wrong? I I might I be wrong. I, I don't know. No, no? I, I mean, who am I to say you're wrong? No. You heard you heard it here first, Nick Kingham, the. So who we have on this podcast, the first ever baseball player to play pro in the U.S., Canada, and fucking South Korea. So I want to talk about that. I want to talk about Major League Baseball a little bit because obviously we're not saying you're done. We're not saying you're done with Major League Baseball. I just wanted to talk about, like, what's the biggest thing that you'll kind of miss just from the, ma- just from the Major Leagues or even playing in North America? Great uh, question. The, okay, so the stupid cheesy one is is <laughs> – is uh gonna be i mean just the time the difference in time difference from my family uh three hours was was crazy enough you know we're on the west coast so we're and then i'll play i've always played on the east coast that was already hard enough um but now this is going to be 17 hours ahead so if it's if it's noon yeah if it's noon in las vegas it's going to be five o'clock p.m the next day noon on monday it's five o'clock tuesday night so they could still watch it. My brain's trying to process what what's going on right now. So can they still watch? Like, is it? Are they awake? Wait, noon, twelve. Yeah, no, they'll uh, still be awake. They'll still so, be awake so, to watch so, the game. But yeah, but it's, it's going to be, or uh, maybe I've said that wrong. I don't know. So I, all I know is games are at six thirty. <laughs> games are at six thirty local in Korea. That will be two thirty a.m. Vegas. Oh, yeah, so that's I tough. had it backwards. It was midnight, not not noon. Okay. So yeah. That's tough, man. That's definitely – I didn't even realize that also. I honestly thought you were going to say you just missed the fucking the – private, the private jets, the team charters every fucking game. That's what I would say, but I'm, I'm a completely I, different guy than you. Toronto had way better flights than Pittsburgh, too. Pittsburgh's flight – I mean, not that it was bad, but it was just a normal <laughs> plane. Like yeah. a normal, just regular one row down the middle, three seats on each side. You get your own row, but it was like you're cramped. I mean, I got to sit sideways, and then my back's hurting the whole freaking flight. Yeah. My knee, or else your knees are going in the back yeah. of the, the chair in front of you. But Toronto had the first class all the way back. Two wow. seats, two seats, big recliners, uh, everything, dude. And the very, very back, you had uh, chairs that face each other, too, so you can play cards and everything. Badass. Way better. Okay. Shout out Toronto. Just, okay. Uh, no, no, I don't know about that. But, for, uh, that, for that one thing. For that, one <laughs> for, thing. that for that. But uh, I wanted to bring up, like, I was always wondering about this, for instance. You know how in Major League Baseball you have kind of rookie initiation, kind of stuff like that? I w- Do they have that in the KBO? I always wondered what you're going to get. Maybe you have to dress up as like a sushi maker or something like that? Uh, that? I, I, hope there's, I hope they have something. I mean, it yeah, keeps no, it fun, dude. As long as yeah. it's in the same, I mean, I know yeah. initiation is getting away and, and everybody's getting soft and sensitive. And to some extent, I understand. Don't. Don't embarrass the guy. But if, if he's if he's new, a little something to, to be part of the team, yeah, I'm all in. Yeah, no, exactly. Were you the kind of guy that were you when you were on a major league roster, were you allowed to give that kind of initiation to someone? Or was it just like, what's the service time that you, you have to have? Oh, uh, it wasn't me. No, I, I wasn't 
near qualified. Yeah, I probably acted like it. But, <laughs> but no, I, I was not – I did not have the tenure to be uh, pulling those kind of strings, no. Yeah, no, and, like, the biggest thing about that with the, with the Toronto Blue Jays was that you guys are such a young team, so I just kind of assumed that, I mean, you were kind of the older guy, the kind of – the guy that was – obviously giving wisdom to the younger pitchers and all that kind of stuff. So I, I just wondered if that was a thing. But what's the biggest thing that you kind of miss? Just because you lived in Canada for a pretty good amount of time. Was it like a couple months, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the biggest difference you noticed like from while you were living in Canada? Because we did the podcast when you were still early. What's the biggest thing from Canada to Las Vegas or even just the United States? The biggest difference? Uh, well, the, the where I lived in Canada was right downtown, right in Koreatown or Chinatown, uh, walkable to everywhere. So I, I love that. I love, like I said, I like getting out exploring. They got bikes everywhere. They got scooters. Just hop on and go. I mean, that's anywhere downtown, yeah. I guess, in any big city. But that was what I – the biggest difference uh, about living there versus living in, in Las Vegas. I live in the outskirts of the suburb, you know, got to drive. Yeah. I can't, the only closest thing I could walk to is maybe a CVS. Yeah. No, for sure. And uh, the biggest thing – the thing with Nolan is that I think Nolan's going to be such so good is, is that you kind of have that kind of aspect where you can kind of tell Nolan, like, listen, man, like, with baseball, they're fucking – it's a hard it's a hard game, man. They're, they could fucking ship you out whenever you can. So what kind of advice have you given Nolan since you kind of left Major League Baseball? So I think he's noticed that as well. He, he knows, like, sometimes things are out of your hand. Um, you know, like, you may be doing really well and, and get booted or you may be sucking – and, you know, team like really likes you and they're going to keep you around, give you opportunity. Um, so I think he, he's kind of figuring that out through me, understanding that it's not all about, you know, it's not all in your control. Uh, but little things here and there, like we'll talk and, and, and kind of he'll ask questions or I'll give him some stuff. Hey, man, this is what reminded me of, of I wanted to talk to you about. Like, but he, he's been good, man. He's growing up. He's learning, uh, learning how to pitch, first of all, instead of just throwing. He's learning sequences. He's learning Hitters, you know, like third time through the order, you can't get them. You can only fool a guy so many times. So sometimes you just got to just beat him, you know, outstuff him. So he's learning little things here and there, but that's that's on his own, man. That, that's most of the stuff that he's going to learn just by doing it and by, by pitching and, and by going through experience and stuff. And anything he has questions for, he never uh, uh, hesitates to ask. And I'm always willing to help him with anything. No, yeah, for sure. Like I said, I would honestly, it would be fucking sick if like you guys played on the same team somewhere down in the future, even if it's in Korea. I mean, I have to, I might have to fucking live in Korea if that happened. That'd be incredible just to watch you two. But is there spring training in Korea? I always wonder that because I like, is I yeah, like, I'm not even gonna say anything because I'm so fucking dumb. But is there spring training in Korea? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's spring training. We're gonna be in Florida this year. Usually they go in Japan, but I guess apparently the, the governments are not. Uh, they're in a little tiff right now. So we're going to be in Florida for three weeks. We're going to be in Vera Beach, which is on the Atlantic side, old Dodger town, I believe, there for three weeks. And then we'll scoot over to uh, Tucson for three weeks. And then we'll play like three other Korean teams that are also having the spring training there. So it's about six weeks long, maybe seven, I don't, uh, depending on uh, how many weeks uh, in, in March. And then the season starts March 25th, I believe, uh, back in Korea. So. Yeah. So, I mean, speaking about spring training, you put – I'm going to mention this because not many people remember this. You put the defending World Series Boston Red Sox in your back pocket last year in spring training. I don't know if you remember that appearance. I watched it. I watched it. I It was on TV, and I text. I was, like, texting, like, the guys, and I was like, this guy is carving on the mound right now. Do you remember that appearance? Yeah, yeah, I remember. It was at their place, yeah. Oh, I remember, dude, yeah. Pitching, See that? Uh, I mean, doesn't matter where it is. It's uh, – it's, it's, it's – 
against the Boston Red Sox. Doesn't matter where, where you're playing, if you're playing in freaking backyard baseball. But if it's against the Boston Red Sox, yeah, I remember that, dude. That was fun. That was the first time I ever faced him, I think. I never faced yeah. him uh, at home or any of you know, the years either. Yeah, and I, things were going so good for you last year with the Blue Jays, which is also why I kind of – it was mind-boggling to me why you got released because you literally the day before you pitched against the Red Sox in Boston. My memory is incredible, by the way, for this episode. I cannot believe this. But you're, you, you carved – no runs, and I get a fucking notification the next day, Nick Kingham, DFA. And I, oh, first of all, I didn't even know what DFA was, but I texted Nolan. I was wondering what DFA meant. Were you caught off guard with that decision? At that point, yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah. I, they called me in the office. They said, hey, Skip wants to see you. My f- initial thought was, dude, I've been in the bullpen. They said they wanted me to be a starter. Like, I'm going to be a starter. Like, they're going to move me to the rotation. Cool. So I come in the Skip's office and close the door before I could even sit on the couch. Before ass touch cloth, they said, <laughs> "Hey, we got to we got to to designate you." And I sit down and I'm just like, "What? Like, no, you're joking." And so that's how it happens, man. That was in there for 37 seconds, and that was it. On yeah. the couch for 12. <laughs> yeah, that's actually crazy, man. That they literally didn't even like. That's the the thing that aggravates me about fucking pro baseball is you're just the fucking number to them unless you're Boba Shatter or Vladimir Guerrero and you were actually pitching good which is mind boggling like I said mind boggling to me because you were doing so well and I was so caught off guard everyone was so caught off guard with it I thought it was a joke at the start when someone t- like when I got the notification I was like I don't know what this means but I'm assuming it's not it's not bad because he was doing so well so are you gonna be a starter in in Korea yeah is that, is that something yeah yeah I'm gonna be a starter uh um. That's what that's what they told me. Yeah, I'm gonna be a starter. They have uh, they have five starters, but they play six games in a row every Monday is off day, so the rotation will be a little different. Uh, we'll get more days off and, and a little bit more breaks, which is cool. I mean, it's always rest is always good. You only have so many bullets in your arm, you know. So it'll be it'll be cool, but it's uh, it'll be an easy adjustment, I think. Have you started throwing now? Are are you back in your throwing regimen and throwing program? Yeah, yeah. I started uh, the end of November, so I've been throwing for like three weeks now. Two, yeah. two and a half, three weeks. So just slowly building up and getting ready. I'll start bullpens next sometime next month. Um, and then, yeah, get ready to go, man. Face some hitters in, in February and get some scrimmages and, like, inter-squads. Okay. How fired up is uh, – how fired up's Don for this movement? Is he going to come visit you? Oh, dude, he's 100% coming to visit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's pumped, dude. He, anytime you can – your boy can, can keep playing ball, no matter what it is. I mean, do what he loves. Like, he – I'm his, I'm his kid, you know, I'm living out his dream. So he's just fired up that, uh, that is, first of all, I'm still playing too, that it's in another country and he can go visit and, and get flown out and experience something just uh, because of me. So I'm, I'm happy I can give him that. And I know he's fired up to, to kind of go along with it with me. Yeah. Did, was that like the, the thought process of that? Did you kind of talk about it with him or was he just like, Nick, whatever you fucking say, man, I'm all, all for it. Uh, I've told them a couple times, like back, like probably three years ago, the some foreign, like Korean teams, Asian teams, I guess, were talking to me, and and I told them it was an op- option. You know, maybe the opportunity might happen now, it might happen, whatever. The first time I told him, he goes, well, "That'd be badass. I'd definitely do that." <laughs> go, okay, cool, dude. Yeah, but you don't gotta go over there. You don't you don't have to freaking pack up your bags and go live over there. But uh, I was I was uh, right away. I was like, "Yeah, dude, for sure, I'd go too." But then when it got real, I'm like. Hey, like, I don't know if I really want to do this for like three days. Like that hit me. And then I'm like, after that, I'm like, yeah, right, dude. I want to do it. I'm all in. Like, forget America, dude. It's boring. If it ain't foreign, it's boring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it just, it was so, I was so caught off guard with the fact that you signed. I thought you were going to sign 
with major league teams or anything like that? Were major league teams talking to you during this offseason? Yeah, 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 I had a few teams offer me, but all minor league deals, which is what I expected. Um, minor league deal with an invite to major league spring training, chance to make the squad. But I mean, they already pretty much have their team made up. Like they know who's going to make it, who's who's breaking the on the twenty five man roster, and and either I have to just completely wow them, or somebody would have to get hurt. And I and, and I hate saying that, but that's just part of the game. But yeah. that's the only way I would have really probably broke out of spring training. Uh, or unless I, like I said, wowed somebody. But um, I didn't really want to do that because, again, it, it doesn't matter how well you do. They already have their mind made up most of the time. So I would have just been up and down most likely. Um, and I was just like, you know what, let me, I want this. This is some guarantee. This is some like obviously some uh, solidity. And uh, I'll be in one place for an extended period of time, which is always nice. Yeah, no, like 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 – like what I was going to say, you just want to be somewhere where you're, you're wanted, man. Like, and if, if when you're in a major league team and you're filling in for someone that's fucking injured, you're not wanted. You're just a fucking missing. You're a fill in piece on the major league team where you are right now in Korea. You're obviously wanted there. They, they, they gave you the whole VIP treatment. You're standing, you're staying in fucking rooftop buildings. You have fans out there giving you bobbleheads and shit. That's some, that's somewhere I feel like is a, definitely a better place for you just based on that aspect. Uh, no doubt, dude. I mean, I, I remember the one of the toughest things was when we traded for Archer two years ago. He came in, and I'm sitting, and I'm pitching that day. He comes in the locker room and unpacks his stuff, like, two lockers down from mine. I'm like, all right, well, cool. This, this is my replacement coming in, and I'm pitching today. I got to go, <laughs> go out and pitch, even though I know it's probably my last game, and he's going to take my spot. So, cool, everybody. Nice seeing you. <laughs> and, I mean, you, you could say it's weak-minded and, like, uh, whatever, but dude, that, shit, that shit eats at you, man. It, it's... No matter how tough you are, it's still in the back of your mind that you know it, it's there, and uh, and you got to be perfect. And even if you are perfect, like I said, could be going down no matter what. So that stuff eats at you a little bit, and it's just because you're human. Exactly. And I, I was a mental midget in baseball, which is why I never went to a D1, never went anywhere. Luckily, though, you are not a mental midget because you have been through a fuck ton of shit, especially with the, the, the Twitter roasts. Luckily, the Twitter roasts have actually calmed down. You have never been roasted on Twitter. I searched your name. Nick Kingham is nowhere to be found on the Twitter world because I would have put them in my fucking back pocket if one person spoke any <laughs> word bad about you, Nick. So that I just wanted to mention that. And if they do Thank it, in, if they do it in South Korea, you have no idea what they're saying because you can't read Korean. So it's a win-win. It's it's a win-win. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Win-win. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. either way, man. Bring it on the cheers. Bring it on the shit talk. <laughs> so is Logan your your wife? Is she moving down there with you? To Korea, yeah, she'll be coming. Uh, she'll come with me immediately. Then she'll come back and visit home. You know, see her parents, and everything. Uh, at least once, maybe twice, depending on how she feels. If she's if she wants to come home more or whatever. But yeah, she'll be down there most of the time with me. How long is the flight from Vegas? Thirteen and a half hours. Okay. All right. So I got. I got to. So don't listen to the next thirteen episodes of this podcast. And just download them, and then you fucking ammo for the whole plane ride. You're welcome. Boom. I'm just thinking. I'm Boom, just thinking it. out. <laughs> no, dude. I mean, at a flight that long, you have to sleep. So I sleep as much as I can on on a flight like that. If you're sitting there for 13 hours, you're gonna freaking lose your mind, or you're gonna your tongue's gonna be raw from eating all the peanuts <laughs> or the pretzels. <laughs> no, exactly, exactly. And since you're out of, since you're obviously in South Korea, I want to ask something. You played the Astros, so this is something we're going to get in a little bit of baseball talk here, which is weird for this podcast. We don't do that that much. Did did you notice the garbage can banging of the fucking stealing the signs? 
I didn't notice that, but I've so this is not new to the players like this news. We've no, kind of known about this for the last couple of years, at least 2018. Um, but apparently this is happened in 2017 is what they're getting caught for. Uh, but I heard it was like they were banging the ceramic toilet in the in the in the dugout. That's what I heard it was. That was their thing. Somebody be in there with the headphone, whatever. Somebody, hey, heater, and they'd be whatever on the toilet with the bat or the bat rack. Like somebody would be sitting there with the bat and then like banging on the back rack, bat rack. But I never heard anything. But I wasn't really listening for it either. I was just that was my first game with the, uh, the Blue Jays. So I was like, oh, cool. Let's just go out there and don't suck. So that was <laughs> that was what I was looking for. Yeah, I, I just. I just feel like it's crazy that that actually happened in Major League Baseball and that, like, so many players' careers got fucked over because they got absolutely mashed against the Astros. Little do they know, they're cheating. That's the craziest thing to me. That's the thing that kind of, at least you don't have to worry about that in South Korea because there'd be so many goddamn fans cheering and be banging shit everywhere. So maybe they are stealing signs in Korea. I don't know. I, I could be wrong. Oh, you got maybe you got lights or something in this, in the... The outfield by the batter's <laughs> eye. I don't know. Some guy taking off his red shirt to show black. Yep, yep. Did you, do you notice that with other major league teams, the stealing signs? You don't have to name the teams, obviously, but do you think that goes on around the league? It's not just the Astros. They just got caught. Uh, I don't know if, if teams are doing it the way they did. Um, but I know it's like not sign stealing, but like if you're on second base and you're peeking in and the guy's given one sign and you're that's, that's free reign to, to – relay it to the batter that's up to you and the catcher to switch up your signs make it confusing that's part of the game that's part of like the chess game you got to do but if you got a camera like poking in there and and that's using technology like that that's kind of horseshit um and i think everybody agrees with me on that that's not part of the game anymore that's 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 not baseball so yeah that's why i'm not a big analytic guy i, I like the 1950 baseball style no cheating can't do any of that a lot of fighting, which is, makes it a little bit more better. I'd love to see, like I said, I'd, like to, I'd love to see you in a baseball fight because you are a big-ass frame and you'd probably murder someone. I, I, would you fight in a baseball game? I always wondered that with you. It depends on what it was. If it was, if it was me, if, if like me and the batter or me and somebody had beef, maybe, yeah, if it, if it led to that. But if I'm going to clear benches and because somebody hit somebody else and and we're just clearing just to, because that's kind of like the unwritten rule. You have to go out there. Because if you don't go out, you're getting fined by your own team. If you don't go out and protect your players. Um, yeah. But I don't see myself fighting anybody for someone else's battle. So it has to be something personal. Yeah, this is a two-parter question about your major league career. What's the best memory that you had playing in the major leagues? And what's the funniest thing that you saw happen while you were playing in the major leagues? That's, I mean, that's, those are tough questions right there. Funnest thing, dude. Probably it's probably our like eleven game win streak we had, twelve game win streak with the Pirates. That was didn't matter what was going on, didn't matter what happened. We could show up to the field twenty minutes before the game. We knew we were going to win the next that game, and that's how I feel like the Dodgers feel every time they step up to show up yeah. to the yard. Yeah. But yeah, dude, that was that was incredible. We we swept the Brewers five game series. Like it was like the first time in I don't know thirty years that a team's gotten five games swept. Uh, walked them off the day before the All Star break in the rain in the eleventh inning. That was one of the coolest things ever. Um, so that's that's what's one of my definitely better memories. One of the funniest things I've seen. 
Oh, man, I don't know, dude. When you play with Tyler Glass now, you, you see something funny every day, dude. The kid's the kids are riot. The kid's one of the funniest kids I've ever met. Uh, greatest personality, good friend, good dude. Just all-around loose, fun guy. So uh, Tampa's lucky to have him, and he's kind of good at baseball too. So, yeah, they're real lucky to have him. Yeah, and he's, unbelievable, and he's uncomfortably good-looking. I've texted it to you before. This guy is just – I look at him, and I'm like – I got to keep my girlfriend away from this fucking guy. This guy is yeah, a man. Don't be taking her in any races. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I love Yeah, he's, he's a beauty, man. And um, that's, that's the thing with Tyler Glass now is is he, he kind of left a bad taste in everyone's mouth with that last appearance. Obviously, he struggles. It's not his fault. But he is such a good fucking pitcher, man. Like, he is going to be so good for so long with the Tampa Bay Rays. And can we, can we give you credit for that, for keeping him loose? Because you're such a good friend that he's such a good pitcher because of you. Uh, I'd, I'd be saying you're, you're dumb if you don't, you know, uh, no, no, I'm just kidding, dude, dude, glass is his own character, man. He's, he doesn't let anybody else affect him. Uh, he, he's his own guy. So yeah, especially that last game, man, it, it was against the Astros, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It was against. Yeah. The so shitty, 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 man. I, I, I wonder why it. I got everybody in the whole freaking baseball world. I told them too, like anybody who knows anything about baseball is pulling for you tonight, dude. Just know that like the whole freaking baseball community, everybody was pulling for him. So yeah. it's shitty that that uh had to go up against what he did like that with the whole backside of the eight ball. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, do you did you keep anything from your major league career like any memorabilia as memories? I always I I because I, I feel like you kept that ball that first strikeout you got in your major league career. Uh, I had the first strikeout. I had the first out. I have um my first win, my first save. I got a save. Yeah, starting pitcher yep. got a save. Yep. Um. I got all my jerseys uh, for, like, all the, like, the home away alternate jerseys. I even got Toronto's, too. One of my favorite ones, dude, is my freaking Canada Day Red. Yep. That's one of my favorite jerseys. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, other than, like, personal stuff I do, but I don't keep much of, of anything that wasn't, like, mine. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. I, the, the You got to keep those kind of memorabilia and that kind of stuff just to, like, fucking, I guess, show your grandkids, like, yeah, I played in the fucking major leagues. Like that's the that's the coolest shit of all time. You could play half a game in the major leagues and that, and you could still fucking show off that jersey. So is that something you're gonna use on your grandkids when those kids start coming around? I think so, man. I mean, cause it it all happens so fast, dude. When you're going through it, like it's just like boom, boom, boom. It happens. Cool. You you know it's you know it's like cool. It's fun. It's exciting. It's a big deal. But the next day it comes around, you gotta do it again. And so it kind of gets blurred or washed away. And then it's something cool to look back at and and just kind of look at it and be like, you know what? I remember this like vividly, like now I can kind of take a breath and really just relive it. So I think that's what it's really meant for. And then of course I'll show my fans and friend, family and, and kids and grandkids and everything too. That'll be like, Hey man, that'll just bring me back again. And, and allow me to relive that, that special moment with, with them too. So, yeah. Yeah. Is, the, is there one guy that you are going to be able to like talk about, like that you kind of, that stuck with you after your major league career as of right now, that's like one of your best friends that you met during your playing career, or even three guys that are like your best friends that you uh, you met while playing baseball. Yeah, I got four dudes that I met my first year, um, or say for, within the first year of playing that I still talk to today: Matt Benedict, Jameson Tyone, Stetson Alley, and Ryan Hafner. Those four guys, we four three four of us signed together in 2010, and then we met Matt. The following year when he signed and we played on the same team and we've been friends ever since so those are like my ride or dies man those are those are my guys that 
they're all at my wedding. I'm sure all, all, they're all in my wedding. So uh, everything is 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 we're we're a close knit group of guys. You're definitely my best buddies that I've met through the game of baseball. Yeah, and you, I mean, I'm, you had a good career. I'm gonna say you you got to do a lot of things that uh, literally like you have a better chance of winning the fucking lottery than playing major league baseball. And you got that opportunity, man. And like I said, people can chirp, chirp, chirp all they want from their fucking mother's basements. They can chirp you on Twitter. You got the opportunity to pitch in front of thousands of fucking people and play baseball, man. And that's something that you, you're a better person than me. You'll always be a better person than me just based on the fact that you're a professional baseball player. So this is my last question that I wanted to mention. Um, what's, I ask this a lot to people. What's your expectations or what's your goals specifically for next year playing in South Korea? Uh, personal goals for myself. Um, I mean, they, they brought me over there to win ball games, you know, so I'm going to give my team the best chance to win every single game that I pitch in, whether it's, you know, coming out of the bullpen or starting, I'm going to, and that, that, that's a personal. So, I mean, obviously that means I do good too, but I give my, give my team just a, the, the best chance to win, no matter what it is, no matter how deep of the game I go in. When I leave that game, I wanted the, my players to know, my teammates to know that, Hey, we still got a chance no matter when it is. Um, and then at the end of the day, if, that's, if I'm doing that, then let's freaking bring it home, dude. Let's win it. Like that, that's gonna that'd be cool. I've never won a championship. I've never done, um, been on a winning team like that. So I think that would be just the, the, why not, dude? I'm going all the way to South Korea. Let's freaking just win it all. So that, I think that's definitely my my goal for uh, this year. I know that's everybody's goal, but that's like truly what like I I've, I am striving for this year. And I and I think it's definitely uh, attainable, man. The team's good. The team won it two years ago. Um, and so we, we got really good bullpen. We're going to score runs. Uh, so I, I know where we stand, and I think it's definitely attainable. Yeah, I, I'm excited for you, man. And I, I, everyone in Las Vegas is rooting for you. And uh, like I said, Toronto Blue Jays, don't give me a call. Delete my number. But uh, I, like I said, man, everyone is so excited for you. I'm ex- you look happy as fuck, man. Definitely in a different place than you were last year uh, when the Blue Jays let you go. And uh, there you have it, man. Everyone say it with me. Ni kaza. Remember it. Imprint it into your mind. The new face of South Korea, the new face of the KBO, Nick Kingham, man. It was an honor. I appreciate this, man. Hey, thank you, man. I always enjoy uh, coming on here anytime, dude. My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you. There, there you go. Thank you, bro. Thank you for listening to Officially Unofficial. Make sure you guys subscribe and leave a review on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Pod and on Instagram at Officially Unofficial Pod. Thank you. <laughs>